Hello and welcome to the Cycling Central SBS Tour de France podcast. That's a mouthful. I'm Philip Gomes and I'm here today with Jamie Finch Benninger and of course Anthony Tan. Uh, we're here to talk about stage 13 of uh, of the tour and of course uh, we'll look ahead to stage uh, stage 14 as well. Uh, last night, overnight, uh, we had a time trial, uh, a mid, uh, mid-length time trial which was... Um, which was won by Tom Dumoulin, but at the same time, Chris Froome turned the screws on his rivals when he took second place. It was pretty windy. Um, and, of course, it was also very subdued in terms of mood because of uh, what had happened in Nice uh, the day before. Uh, Dumoulin clocked 50 minutes and 15 seconds to beat Froome by one minute and three seconds, but uh, Froome increases overall lead by one minute and 40. Seven seconds to Balka Molema from Trek uh, Segafredo. And Molema is having a terrific tour uh, as well, by the way. And Adam Yates from Our Quebec Exchange was in second. He dropped to third. He's two minutes 45 off the pace. And Nara Quintana, who is a rider we're looking to for, uh, for some action at some point, per- perhaps in the final week, lost 204 on the day to Froome to slip from third to fourth. And he's now two minutes and 59 seconds behind Froome with the Alps uh, still to come. Anthony, uh, what are your, what's your take on this? I mean, time trials are always kind of weird to cover, really, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, it's it's sometimes it's a yawn fest and other times it's really exciting. But generally, it's really exciting when it's the final time trial or close to the back end and everyone's separated by, well, well there's podium places up for grabs. Uh, I felt that... Last night, I, I mean, we. I think I've got an idea who's going to win this tour. I'm not just not sure who's going to flank Froome on the podium. I think Froome really asserted his authority last night. I, I felt um, now it, it's it's going to take a, a minor miracle to to beat him. Now, Jamie, we were talking about this a little bit uh, earlier this morning, which is uh, looking at Nara Quintana, because that is the guy we're, we're thinking will do something to shake up the GC. Uh, he appears to be um, more or less at the same point uh, he was last year, though. He's actually 12 seconds closer than he was last year, and um, he gave Froome an almighty scare on that last stage, um, last couple of stages last year. And, you know, this time he's got Mollema and Yates above him in the GC, so maybe they can help him out gaining some time. And Froome is going to have to watch some other people as well, just not not just Quintana. Yeah, the reason why I say that, uh, Jamie, is because Froome has structured his preparation leading up to the tour differently this year. He's he's going, I'm convinced, he's going to be better. I mean, he's he's great now, but he's going to be better in that third week. Quintana, for me... Looked like a guy, say the 2013 and 15 tours, he he did look like he was getting stronger. And you're quite correct in saying, well, historically he has got better because, in fact, Froome has conceded around a minute and a half to him in those two tours de France. However, Quintana just, I don't know, just lacks a bit of punch. Uh, I just noticed he was also complaining about that day to Montpellier in the crosswinds. A, a type of rider, he, he doesn't normally whinge about that, and you only whinge about that when things aren't going right for you. So you think there's something going on behind the scenes because there's nothing really reflect... He has, he has lost touch on a couple of occasions with the, with the leading guys, 
Um, so that that there there seems to be something going on in the background that maybe we're not completely aware of. Yeah, that that he's uh, he's 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 losing a ch- his chance to win. The, I think he was just so convinced. I mean, you were very convinced that he was going to win this Tour de France. Uh, I, I think he felt the same way. There's a sense of exasperation for me. And uh, it's uh, not dissimilar to Port, I think. I mean, the, the guys that you just mentioned feel like Mollimer, uh, Van Garderen. I still sort of think they can finish on the podium, actually. Yeah. Now, we're looking at... Uh, we're talk- we were talking also again this morning about uh, Balka Mollimer and where he's been in the past in Grand Tours. He's always been one of those riders that's sort of like on the cusp, but really never quite broke through for anything and it looks like maybe this year's tour could be could be a breakthrough tour for him yeah he's been there but largely anonymous he's one of those guys who finishes consistently in the top 10 um last year he was sixth and then seventh before that and tenth as well in the in the past three editions of the tour de france he appears to be in career best form which is good news because we're not not quite sure of what his peak is then and maybe he can take it to Froome. I mean, a minute 47 doesn't look likely, but he's he's doing the best he's ever done, and he certainly climbed very well on Mont Von 2 and was bitterly disappointed after that stage that he didn't get the chance to press his advantage. So, you know, he's feeling confident. Maybe he can give it a go. Yeah, Adam Yates is the other rider we're, um, uh, we're looking at. Uh, he's looking like he could... Go to distance, I think, to some degree. Uh, I think we're because of his youth, his relative youth, we're we're kind of expecting maybe we'll see a bit of a letdown in the final week. But I think he's he's definitely a chance for a podium. Yeah, Phil, he's where where he's going into uncharted territory. I mean, this is what happens though when you've got a, a, a enormously talented rider who has no pressure on him. I think you know we we've seen how. Port did extremely well in a in a Giro, his first Giro d'Italia that he rode, and he he finished I think seventh overall. Took the best uh, young riders jersey. That's for me. That's quite. He's it's in a similar vein, and uh, who who knows how far he can go? But he, he hasn't really faltered. He's uh, always ridden within himself. I noticed on that stage to Von Two when they were. When Quintana was attacking, he he wasn't trying to go with those moves. He decided, okay, I'm just going to ride at my own pace, and I think that will serve him well. He, he it's sort of almost similar to the way Van Garder and Rise Up climbed. So, but I think, uh, yeah, yeah, Yates is a massive talent, and I'm sure Dave Brailsford, the principal of Sky, is looking quite closely at what he's doing, and and probably thanking Bike Exchange for helping with his development. Yes, well now they they don't have to they just have to pay his salary, you know, the the uh the transfer salary. Yeah. The other rider we're all closely looking at um at this year's tour, especially if you're Australian, is Richie Port. Now he's managed to claw himself into the top 10 after that time trial, which is pretty much what we expected. Uh he's at 4 minutes 27 down. Uh, to Froome, uh, which pretty much puts him at about three minutes out of uh, a Balcomolima, for, for example, second place on, on GC. It, do we still think that uh, that Port can make a podium? I think, I think after last night's time trial, he would have been quite disappointed with how it went. It wasn't, it wasn't a typical um, Port TT performance. Sure, it was windy, and that disadvantages the smaller guys like Port. 
but he he is a consummate time trialist and he conceded you know about two minutes to Froome there and yeah he would have been very disappointed I would have expected him within within a minute and you know more realistically within 30 seconds to really be maintaining a challenge yeah I mean that that he finished on the same time I think the same time as Quintana suggests to me that he's uh I'm not sure I won't say he's faltering but he's he's certainly should have done better by his his own lofty standards um I I think uh Port is is probably in the top four or five climbers in this race but does that mean he can he can topple guys like Froome I mean the guy from that crash on Von 2 who should have perhaps fared worse is Froome I mean didn't he run a couple of hundred meters in carbon sole shoes I mean if if anything he I thought he should have not done so for me if he hadn't done so well it wouldn't have been so much of a surprise when I when I look at the uh, at the current top 10 though I mean I I I see an opportunity there for Port to to make second place but there's also an opportunity for a guy like uh, Romain Bardet and of course TJ Van Garderen and then you've got Alejandro Valverde sitting in you know f- fifth position three minutes 17 I mean it's very likely he could steal another podium place as well yeah why not I mean Valverde he we're always surprised he never rides a bad race. I mean, he came in here after riding a very good Giro and, again, maybe unlucky not to win there after only the the altitude stages were his Achilles heel there. And he's already been through the high, the really high altitude stage here. So, you know, maybe he can do better. It'll be very interesting to see how the dy- dynamics play out between the different contenders in this final week and who, who attacks with whom, who works with whom, and, you know, maybe... The, we see some unlikely combinations go for the podium. One of the things uh, I was just contemplating this morning was the fact that Froome seems to have done this tour entirely by himself for the most part. I think Team Sky as a collective has only really shown themselves on one stage uh, where they kind of mass at the front to sort of keep things together. But it's pretty much been his race. Um, but Sky themselves have been very quiet. It looks like they've been waiting for the last week as well. Yeah, I, and I, you know, you wrote this blog feel about this new Froome that you've seen I, I don't it's almost like you know when we're talking about politics and you're saying oh wh- who's the real Julia or something mm-hmm. like that is this mm. the real Chris I think this is the real Chris now I mean he it was almost like he was inhibited by you know the science boffins at Sky this is how he would really likes to ride and um, I'm with you I, I, I like this side if this is the real Chris, I like the real Froomey. I mean, I don't want to... I, I think he was a little embarrassed about how much fuss was being made over that run he did. Uh, now, OK, it was funny, you know, seeing, you know, people sort of spoof him with the tunes to Baywatch or um, Forrest Gump or, or whatever. But in actuality, yeah, it was an embarrassing situation. And I think... Um, I certainly won't forget it because I've never seen anything like that and I'm perhaps I, I won't ever but um I I think uh, we'll remember this tour you know I'm almost thinking that Froome's won it but uh, for for me it's it's going to take a absolute catastrophe for him in the Alps and I just don't see that. Yeah and and the reason I think that that's that's the case is what what all of this says to me is that he's just become so much more confident in himself as a rider that he doesn't really need to have the outside assistance that you would get from the Sky Machine. 
that he feels now so capable as a mature rider to be able to handle any situation. And he's clearly demonstrated that this year, that it doesn't matter what the tour throws at him. He's just kind of like, uh, well, YOLO, you know, whatever. And he just keeps doing what he's doing. And the rest of the team is nowhere, really. They're down the, down the mountain. They're, they're elsewhere. That's just Chris. Mm. Well, I wouldn't quite say that. I mean, Valpools has been quite good on the Montverde 2 stage, and Sergio now has been right up there for most of the most of the time. So it's not quite just the Chris, Chris Room show. Um, I think I think to those who think that the race is over, maybe go back and look at the mountain stages. Froome hasn't been the dominant climber on any stage yet. He's been up there with the best, sure, and he hasn't been dropped, but he hasn't been dominant and. You know, maybe somebody else will emerge as that dominant climber in the third week. Well, we're certainly not going to see any GC action uh, tonight because uh, we're looking at a uh, what effectively is a sprint stage. Uh, we're running um, 208.5 kilometers from Montelimar to Villars Le Dombre Parc de Oiseaux. I think I've got that right. Yep, it's the basically translation the bird park. The bird park. Yes, I like that. I like Oiseau that. means bird. Yeah. There, yeah, there we go. And um, we're looking at two thousand three hundred eight meters. There's three climbs. They're all uh, cat fours. So really, nothing, nothing that a sprinter can't get across. Um, they've been quiet. Obviously, these guys have been sitting in the Gruppetto. They haven't been really taking any interest in the TT. So they're going to come out to play today. Yeah, and I, I just sort of um, the. It was not the second Tour de France I covered, actually, Phil, in 2006. Something very, very strange happened on, on uh, this very stage in that tour. There was a five-man breakaway, and uh, two of those five members, one was Jens Volt, another was Oscar Pereiro, uh, they got, they amassed a lead of three seconds by the end, the finish in Montelemar. They amassed a finish... Uh, a lead, I should say, of three seconds short of half an hour. That then led to uh, Landis, the previous Marjorie, chasing chasing him all the way. And then there was that famous stage 17 um, that, that he won on drugs. And obviously Pereira won the tour in the end. So it was actually, in effect, it was a tour winning stage. So strange things may happen. One of the things that's uh, that's noted here is that uh, we can expect a strong headwind uh, on this stage, which should pretty well knock a breakaway on its head. Uh, so really, sprint for sure? Yes, especially given that they've missed out on the last two sprinting occasions, the stage from Andorra and the one with the crosswinds into Montpellier. Both the times, I mean, it could have been a sprinter stage on either of them quite easily, and no, they missed out. So I think guys like Christoph Cavendish... Uh, Greipel, they they really want to be in for a shot at this one. And uh, do we have an idea of who's going to take this one out? Well, yeah, I mean, all the big sprinters that we saw at the start in Mont Saint Michel are, are still here. I mean, two out of those five that we're talking about, um, Greipel, uh, Christoph, they haven't won a stage yet. I mean, Greipel's he has, he has he's won a stage in every single Tour de France he's been in since 2011. So. I'm sure he's getting a little antsy, so I'll, I'll put my money on Andre. Jamie, uh, I'll give you I'll give you one from from left field. We'll go Sam Bennett. He's struggled Ooh. through the race, but he finally looks to have come, you know, vaguely back to some some semblance of form. And I just well, I'm more hope that he's going to go well. It'd be nice. That's that's pretty good. I like that. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna um. It's it's interesting too. It's not Rui Costa. 
because, you know. Well, he's he's not the best sprinter, Rui. I mean, no, he's okay. No, no, but you know, I just thought we'd just mention him again today because we got to keep our streak alive. So. Uh, I, I'm 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 sure that this podcast is kept alive by Rui Costa fans That's, just tuning in every week. Yeah, just for the mentions. Um, I think I'm going to go with Mark Cavendish, and you know, who knows what Peter Sagan might do? He might just decide to do something completely outrageous again, just because he's Peter Sagan. And that and that wouldn't surprise. It shouldn't surprise any of us if he if he does. No. Uh, okay. Well, then that's uh, that's going to be it for us today. Um, look out for tonight's sprint stage, just for a change of scenery and a change of uh, change of racing style. Um, we're live from nine thirty p.m. tonight on SBS, and of course, streaming in the Skoda Tour Tracker. So uh, tune in then, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>